So how much is that? That's a stick. Yeah, yeah it's one thousand shillings. One stick, yeah. Okay. And it's yeah. good kush compared to what you would buy at five hundred. Yeah. In so, case you're wondering what's happening, this is my interaction with TK, a Ugandan drug dealer. Kush is the description for marijuana in Uganda. Ugandan smoke weed. Mm. That's what I know. I don't know the secret they have behind it, but most of my customers are legit guys. They are not thieves, they are not robbers. Though where I used to sell Kush from, of course most of my customers were wrong guys. I was going through the usual frustrations of finding something to do when I bumped into a friend of mine and I was complaining to him about a project, something that I could do, you know. And I told him I didn't have an idea at the time, but I wanted to find real Ugandan voices, you know, with a story to tell. Voices that we don't normally get here on radio or television. Ironically, he was walking to his dealer's place at the time and he invited me along. As soon as we walked through the restaurant, into the back room, I realized that I had found what I was looking for. So that's where the story began. My name is Lulu and you're listening to Real Talk. You know, I was raised with love. I, wasn't, I was never raised with a bitter heart. I just came to get this bitter heart from out, yeah? Real talk, I'm telling you the truth. TK is actually the sort of person that I would date. I don't know if I'd take him to my mom, but my initial impression of him was really impressive. He was dressed casually but smart, but it's also the people he interacts with. He was hanging out with lawyers, people who own businesses. I was there for half a day and he's really articulate. If they say there's a God, I've never seen God come down and help people. But I'm sure he's going to be there for me. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the first time you smoked weed? Yeah, I remember the first time I smoked weed. It was actually in um, 2000, 2005. I was in Form 2. Yeah, so Form 2, I tested Kush. It really felt better than alcohol. It gave me that height, that relaxed height. Mm -hmm. I felt jolly, you know. I was so quiet, like I was taken up somewhere. I wasn't around my friends, they were laughing. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't see that to be funny, right? Yeah? yeah? I was very far. It's like I had initially got initiated to yeah. smoking what? Weed, mm -hmm. yeah? But then after that, I loved it. I missed it for five days because of that experience of not making me feel myself, yeah? Mm -hmm. But I loved it because it relieved me. What's the one thing you know now mm -hmm. about weed mm -hmm. that you wish you knew then? Weed has helped me a lot in ways that very many people won't believe, especially people who don't smoke weed. Because yeah. it's very hard to relate with someone who doesn't smoke weed, yeah? Or who has never smoked weed in that case. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they'll never understand you. But weed has helped me. Yeah, um, I've been suffering from a toothache for a very long time. But I'm not going to the dentist. I've been trying to use herbs, but then the herbs also don't work. Now to reduce on the pain, when I smoke the weed, it, it disappears. Yeah. It also helps me to think positively. It has, also act, it has also acted as a way to, you know, survive instead of thinking of robbing, taking what's not yours. Yeah. How does one become a weed dealer in Uganda? It's not the sort of job that you look up online, take your resume, you know, apply for an interview. Yeah. Yeah. So, so four years ago, what happened? What was the change that made you start selling weed? 
I, I really missed out a lot. I'm an orphan. I lost my mom. I didn't get motherly love, you yeah. know. I lost my dad. Life was hard. Even my own sisters didn't care. About you, about no one cared. Everyone was after his own self. Yeah. No one actually cared about what was happening in my life. And I thought that if I didn't care for myself, no one would, apart from God, who is not on earth but in heaven. In Tike's case, his father has died. He's left him a car in his possession. And what Tike did is he actually sold that car and opened up a little shop selling pirated DVDs. But what happened is that because he was he's surrounded by people who are not business savvy, the business ended up collapsing. And when it did, he was already smoking weed and he had this idea to turn to the very corners where he used to purchase weed to become one of the dealers. I had friends who would sell weed. Besides that, I had friends who smoked weed. Yeah, not all of them are bad guys, though they, though they brand people who smoke weed to be bad guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of them actually right now even work for the government. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. We were like five drug dealers on that street. Yeah. And they were, were you all, the youngest? Yeah, I was the youngest. They were all older than me. Mm -hmm. So I would buy a bundle at 8,000, hoping to get 25,000. Of course, each stick is 500. In a bundle, there are 50. 50 sticks, but in the long run, since I had knowledge about where to get good kush, but I had no customers, I relied low because I had no money. Unemployment is a big problem in Uganda. And if you think about the fact that more than half of the population is under the age of 15, what does that mean for the future of Uganda's youth? The reason I started this podcast is I realized that even after working in media for six years, then going to Australia to study for four more years, I came back into the country and I was faced with a real possibility of not having a job, you know, I needed to be creative. And for people like Tike who haven't even had half the chance, you know, who haven't had the education or tertiary training, it's really hard for them to find employment. So they are left, I guess, to be creative, you know, where are they going to find money, how are they going to fend for themselves? Especially, it's so much harder for guys as well because there's this pressure to be a man, to support for yourself and eventually support for your family. Anyway, enough of me. For TK, expanding came with a lot of risk. He had to transport weed from the countryside into the city because that's where they grew the better quality. And also, he doesn't drive. So what happens is he had to rely on public transport and give a cut to whoever he was dealing with. The stench itself is the one that reports you. Yeah. yeah. So just know that alone. So you get like a way of sealing it. Yeah, we seal it up to prevent the stench from coming out. Mm. Yeah. And in in most cases, if you're bringing it in bulk, you have to share. Whatever some, course, yeah, you're going to get with the conductor or the driver, yeah? Oh, of course they know about, they know what you're transporting. Yeah. yeah, and they need money, you know. He's not going to refuse the money and report you because yeah. he needs it for himself, for his yeah. family. His kid has to survive, eat some food. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you make it clear to him and you let him know, man, I'm not a robber, mm -hmm. I'm not a thief, and I'm not going to steal to get rich, yeah? yeah, yeah. But this is my business, bro. Mm -hmm. I want this to reach Kampala. Yeah. When this reaches Kampala, 
I'm going to give you two times what I've given you right now, even yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, because yeah, I know the money is there and I'm going to get it. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Well, how much do you make roughly a week? In a week, I could I could have I could sell more than 300 sticks. Mm. That's uh, 300,000. Yeah. Yeah. So is that an average? How you, how much you make on average? Yeah, that's an average. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's, it's pretty it's pretty good for you know most people make that a month. Yeah. You know. True. I remember working for most of my adult job, working part-time jobs, even some full-time jobs. I didn't earn nearly as much as that. 300,000 Ugandan shillings seems like a lot of money, but that's $83 a week. But what you need to remember is TK is actually talking about 300 joints. So in Uganda, weed dealers actually have to pre-sort the weed, roll it, and put it in sticks, which we call joints here. Selling weed is very tiresome. It's a very tiresome job. No, it, the, the money is there, but it's tiresome. Because you see, I have to roll, I have to sort it, I have to pick the seeds, the sticks. Yeah, mm. it's tiresome, but this is not the only thing. Now it has taken up most of the time. I would use to like, you know, call up a friend or go visit a friend. Yeah, it has taken up all my time, man. It has even made me disappoint very many guys I wouldn't want to. Yeah, yeah, just because I have to survive. The thing about wanting to expand in a business like TK's is that it comes with a lot of risk. You're thrown in jail very I'm many times. Yeah, tell me about the first time you were arrested. The first time I was arrested was for nothing. Was for, <laughs> for nothing? Yeah, for nothing. <laughs> Real talk. How many times have you been arrested after that? Well, good related. Many more times. Very many times. Yeah. Yeah, but the last time was last year. I was arrested two times in a week. So when they arrest you, what does that look like? Do you go to court? Do you go to jail? No, I actually find my way out before things go far. But most times when you play it cool, you know these police officers, these lawmakers, they're also smoke cool. Yeah, most yeah. of them are my customers, yeah, real talk, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they know what's good, they know good kush from bad kush, you know. Mm. It beats your understanding that such people know what they're consuming and they know what they want. Yeah, yeah. have yeah. you ever sold bad kush to a policeman and he comes back for you? Uh, never. Yeah. I've never dealt with a policeman, but with soldiers I do, because soldiers are friendly, they're good guys, at least they understand and their IQ is more than that of the policeman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on the streets. My customers know my number, yeah. Yeah, they know the yeah. password, and they know how to reach me. Uh, is it safe on the phone? Can they tap phones or...? Okay, with tapping the phone, <laughs> I don't know if they can beat me, but... Uh, Trust me, I know how I'll deliver the service to you. Yeah. As soon as I've received your phone call, even if it's tapped or it's being tapped, trust me, those guys are wasting their time. Mm. Yeah, because we watch movies, we know this shit. Kush is not for broke guys. Mm. It's for guys who have reached a certain level in life the, of awareness about themselves, it's for those kinds of people. It was interesting, while we were doing the interview, at least a person came in every 15 minutes or 10 minutes asking him for weed, but also asking him for favors, asking him for advice. The sort of people that he hangs around himself and the respect that they give him. I don't know what a typical dealer looks like, but this was someone who, you know, could be employed, could have a family, and just, I gained so much respect for him. And I guess, you know, it's just his circumstance that he's in. 
I asked him what he would do for the future. I visualize myself as an, um, a mechanic. Do you see that family? Do you see something else? Another line of Yeah, I see, I see a family ticket, not selling kush, you know. If now someone came and offered you a job, mm -hmm. say, ticket, I have a job, you're going to make, so you're making 300 a week, you're yeah. going to make 800 a week. Eight you yeah, you can smoke weed, you can do that, but you cannot sell it anymore. Would you check that offer? Wow. That would be the best offer I would, I would, <laughs> oh shit, 800 G's, oh, I would forget about Kush, but, at, but yeah, I'll still smoke Kush, but I would forget about the part of selling it, yeah, because I have something better legal, I know I can spend my money uh, freely, you know, I can even talk to a policeman and ask him, to let me know what the constitutional rights that I have are. I have nothing wrong that I've done. There's nothing you're going to do and there's nothing I have to be guilty about. So it will give me the strength to be who I really have to be. Because this Kush thing is not, is not getting the real me on ground, yeah? yeah it's yeah. like shadowing me because I don't have peace. I have to hide to sell Kush. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. good because I'm not that kind of guy who really wants to hide. I want to hang with my friends, okay. be with yeah. them wherever they be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but right now I have to I have to be on the run. Yeah. So that's how this game has really affected me. Yeah. I, I really don't like that because I feel like there's a certain part of my life that I'm missing that I really have to get into. Yeah? Mm. When I quit, what I want is when I quit selling weed, I just want to, I want to go far away from, from here. I hope you come back and visit again. So anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Maybe the next time we talk, you can show me what's good weed and what's bad weed. I'll do that. Yeah. Most definitely. I'll even buy you the bad weed and show it to <laughs> then you. Then I compare. Real talk. <laughs> okay. Thank uh, you. All right. Thanks, Lily.